Thank you for taking the time to view this message online. You can connect with us more through our comments section of this video, through our Facebook page, or through our website, nhgj.org. Good morning, all who are watching this, whether you're in service right now or you're in your home as I am. Um, it is so great to be with you, and I'm glad that you are uh, taking the time to, to view this message. This is um, a message about uh, freedom and justice and God's heart for justice. As right now, we are, we are kicking off uh, Freedom Week, Justice Week, and uh, just a week to, to remember the poor and celebrate God's heart for justice and uh, step into His call uh, for us. Uh, his, his call that that we uh, be a part of His work of uh, setting the captives free and, and loving the poor and oppressed in the world and the marginalized. Uh, so today I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, God's heart for justice, uh, Jesus' mission uh, for loving the poor in the world, the poor and the marginalized, uh, and then also what His call on us is. So we're going to look at a couple passages in Scripture uh, and really just kind of dive into this week and looking at what our responsibilities are as a church, as Christians, in being in our communities and loving those around us. So I'm just going to start us off in prayer, if you just bow your heads with me. Lord, we praise you, and we're just so grateful for your presence, even amidst this crazy time where we have virtual church services. We just thank you that you are so much bigger than all that, um, and that uh, your your word is is transcendent, uh, regardless of of how it's spoken in a message. Um, and Lord, I just I just praise you and uh, surrender myself to you right now, and just ask that you would uh, speak through what I'm saying, and that, and that the folks listening would um, be able to tap into your heart for justice and, and feel your Holy Spirit. Uh, filling them with compassion for the poor. So, Lord, we love you and we surrender ourselves to you and to your will. In your name, amen. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I would, I would really just like to start off by uh, talking about a little bit of uh, the reason for this and, and my background with um, kind of this, this mission. Last year, we had a Freedom Sunday with IJM. And uh, we talked about the work of IJM. We talked about slavery in the world. And, and uh, IJM is an organization that, that stands for International Justice Missions. And it's an organization that's uh, become very dear to my heart over the last couple of years. And, um, and the issue of slavery as a whole has, has weighed on me um, for, for several, several years now. And the Lord has just continued to, to uh, spur me on in that, that mission of advocating for those who are facing slavery. Um, but we extended it this year, uh, rather than just doing one week um, for IJM, we extended it, or sorry, sorry, uh, one Sunday, one weekend for IJM, we extended it over the course of a week, and, and we're bringing in other organizations, we're bringing in other issues, uh, so that we can get a full picture of just Jesus' love uh, for all who are marginalized, and and uh, yeah, so uh, I'm still affiliated with IGM and, and a couple other organizations. My wife volunteers uh, with the Pregnancy Center of the Grand Valley here. Uh, so we, we'll have an event this week um, relating to supporting them. So, uh, and we have a couple other uh, people who just have uh, organizations dear to them uh, who will be uh, 
we'll, we'll be uh, promoting and advocating for those organizations and that, that work throughout this week. Um, but right now, we're going to talk about why we're doing this. Uh, and that is because it's an explicit call uh, from the Lord that uh, we advocate for His children who are being oppressed. Uh, and we see that call in a number uh, of places in Scripture. We can start off in Luke chapter 4. So it's uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you here. <laughs> so just to clarify uh, kind of the Scripture, uh, one of the, the big emphasis in the book of Luke is Jesus' uh, devotion to the poor and loving the poor. And right now in this passage, Jesus is uh, just came out of his temptation in the desert, and he's, he's in Nazareth, and he's uh, speaking to the, the people in the town where he grew up, and uh, he's reading from a passage in Isaiah, and he's basically just making this grand announcement as to what his mission is going to be. And, and this is what it reads. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus is goes into this synagogue and he reads this scripture um, and it's from the book of Isaiah. He, he reads the scripture and, and he says that this is what he's come to do and he has fulfilled uh, this scripture. Uh, and, and what he's saying that he was doing in that scripture was bringing freedom to prisoners, uh, giving sight to the blind, setting the oppressed free. So he's really grabbing a microphone and just stating this is who I am and this is what I'm about. Jesus is really declaring uh, himself as the fulfillment of the Old Testament promise uh, found in Isaiah 61. So the good news that Jesus is proclaiming, as I said, is, is the freedom of the prisoners, uh, giving sight to the blind, and setting the oppressed free. Uh, Jesus' ministry of good news wasn't, wasn't just the good news of salvation. Man, that is such incredible news, and it, it's news that we delight in and enjoy every day as Christians, uh, but that wasn't all it was. It also encompassed uh, justice and freedom for the oppressed. The fulfillment of, of this promise found in Luke 4 is one that includes uh, God's deliverance of the oppressed, and that's what Jesus' ministry really was all about. Um, so Jesus is announcing this good news to the poor, and, and this is usually understood, this passage is usually understood as the spiritually poor. Um, but as we see in Luke, uh, this also includes the, the literal poor, the economically poor, uh, the physically poor. Yeah, so throughout the book, we see Jesus drawing near to those um, who are actually facing these other forms of poverty. Uh, and Jesus' Jesus's ministry all throughout his three years of ministry was to the marginalized uh, in society, those who are left most vulnerable to oppression and injustice. So today, uh, that hasn't changed. Still, poverty leaves billions of people without basic protection of the law. Uh, slavery, violence, uh, other forms of injustices 
um, are so widespread. And if it weren't for the poverty that plagues this world, uh, they wouldn't be here. Uh, poverty really is the reason we have so many of these issues. And of course, that poverty comes just from the sin in the world, uh, our, our bondage to decay and life on earth here. Um, but Jesus is, is speaking to those who are facing this suffering, uh, and, and he's coming as one to suffer among them. So this is a joyous hope that we have uh, that Jesus offers, and, and uh, it, it really is one, one of the most beautiful things I think there is about his ministry is that it was to those who are really, truly marginalized within society. We'll also turn to Isaiah chapter 58, and I'm going to read the whole chapter for you. Um, and it's a challenging chapter, but it's a really, really good chapter in looking at God's heart and love for the poor. All right, so Isaiah uh, chapter 58, and we're gonna, it's uh, 14 verses, 1 through 14. I'm going to open up here and read to you. Cry aloud, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and seen you not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with, with wicked fists. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high, as such as the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself. Is it to bow his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yokes, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is, not, is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your house, when you seek the naked to cover him, and to not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily, your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call that the Lord will answer and shall cry and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of your finger and the speaking wickedness, if you pour yourselves out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then you shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, for doing your pleasures on the holy day and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If your honor is not going your, your own way, ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord and I will make 
You ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah 58 is a, is a deeply convicting and challenging passage, right? We have uh, the Israelites, and, and they're feeling frustrated because they have these spiritual practices. They're fasting, and they, they've got the Sabbath, and they're doing all these things, but they're not seeing the Lord have favor on them. They, they feel like they're doing these things, but their relationship isn't deepening with the Lord. And the Lord is telling them, it's, it's because you're neglecting those around you. No, God completely turns the tables and tells them what they're missing. He's saying they, they've been engaged in these rituals of worship and they've neglected some of the practices that are most dear to God's heart, and that is loving the poor. And the promise that he has for those who pay attention to justice and mercy in their devotion to God uh, is that he will answer their calls and he'll answer their cries. It's the promise he makes in, in Isaiah 58. He says that they will flourish uh, in the land and find joy and triumph in their spiritual lives. So, in, in other words, the, the very aspect of their spiritual devotion it, that, that left the Israelites feeling empty uh, was a lack of devotion to justice to those around them, to loving the least of these. And, and once they pay attention to, to that type of fasting, then they will enjoy the very thing that they sought after in the first place. So, uh, I hope just in these passages, you're already starting to see God's heart and love for the poor and and that it is our responsibility as Christians to seek after uh, their care and attention. Uh, And and I have one last just passage that I want to share that's, uh, I think, a very strong, strong call to action for all Christians, all listening Uh, for how we ought to live in preparation for Christ's return. And it's the passage of the sheep and the goats. So it's Matthew chapter 25. And uh, chapter 25 uh, in the book of Matthew is composed of three parables. These are the last three parables Jesus offers prior to going up to the cross. And all three of them are about being prepared for His return. So if if you know uh, the chapter, the first one is the parable of the ten virgins. And as the parable goes that there were ten virgins and uh, you know five of them had extra oil for their lamps and they trimmed their wicks and they were ready to go when the bridegroom came and the other five weren't ready. They had to go back for more oil for their lamps and, and the bridegroom came and they weren't there and they weren't let into the party. And then the next parable of the three was the parable of the talents. And uh, if you recall that one, you had uh, the master who had three servants and uh, he was going away for a while and he gave each one uh, a number of talents. The first one he gave five, which a talent is just a year's wages. And he gave five talents. The second one he gave two talents and the third one he gave one talent. And to the first two, uh, when he went away, they, they multiplied what he had given them. And then the third one had just buried it and did nothing with it because he was afraid he would lose it. And then when the master came back, uh, he asked what, what they had brought in return. And the first two had something to offer him and the third did not. And he was displeased with them and took the one talent he gave him and gave it back to the one whom he first gave five. Uh, so uh, these first two parables are, are clearly about uh, being prepared for Christ's return. And then he offers if there was any sort of confusion as to 
what a talent might represent or, or really what it means to, be, to, to invest what Christ has given us uh, and be prepared for his return. He offers this third parable about judgment, and it's the parable of the sheep and the goats. And I'm going to read that one for you. Uh, it, it's a passage that is so treasured, and it's, uh, it's chilling, it's scary, but it's also incredibly encouraging, and it's very important uh, for us as Christians to, to use it as the, the encouragement and tool that it is uh, to be ready for Christ's return. So uh, open up to Matthew chapter 25 with me. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then you'll sit, He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come you who are blessed by My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? And when were you a stranger, and, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? And when did you, we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and, and did not minister to you? Then he answered them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it unto one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. Again, like I said, it's a chilling passage. It's, it's terrifying, but also exciting. Uh, terrifying if you feel, man, I might be one of the goats, and exciting if you're like, man, I think I'm one of the sheep. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, truthfully, it's the Holy Spirit's work in us that brings us to that place of good works. Romans 8 talks about that a lot. It's the transforming of the Holy Spirit that brings about love in our lives. Also, John 15, Jesus talks about abiding in Him, and out of that abiding, good fruit comes. Uh, so if you're feeling concerned, if you're like, where does this compassion and love for the poor come from? It comes from, from Jesus. <laughs> you can't work it up with yourself, because uh, then you're in danger of, of falling into legalism, which would be just... Uh, caring for the poor, doing these things to be right with God, when what God calls us to do is to do it out of love and commitment to His will. Uh, and, and that only comes uh, when Jesus and the Holy Spirit are doing a transforming work in our life and, and filling us with His pure and true love. So I would encourage you, if, if you, if you want to develop a deeper compassion for the poor, 
plead with Jesus for that compassion. Plead to Him. Ask Him to fill you with His love. And also, just spend time with those who are in need. Spend time giving to those who are in need. I would just say, as we look at that passage of the sheep and the goats, the only difference, the only difference from the sheep and the goats is what they did and didn't do. Growing up, my dad uh, shared uh, with us kids uh, his love for Keith Green. And, and man, I've come to love Keith Green because of that. And my favorite uh, song of his is about this parable. He basically just speaks the parable to music. And, and I can't hear the words depart from me without hearing Keith Green's like very high-pitched voice. And it's terrifying. Uh, and I also just always remember the, the last words he has in the song. Where he says, the only difference between these two groups is what they did and didn't do. And that is my encouragement to you, is that if you're worried about uh, where you will stand before the Lord on judgment, you know, where you will stand before the Lord when, when He returns and, and He asks you uh, if you've done it to the least of thy brethren, remember that He gave this, this call to us. Uh, so if we, were, if we were to look at the two uh, kind of categories that uh, the things that Jesus listed in that, that parable would fall under. So he gave five things, right? He uh, feeding the hungry, uh, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked, welcoming the stranger, visiting the imprisoned, visiting the sick. Uh, those five things either fall into two categories, one of two categories, and those are Caring for basic physical needs for people, right? So food, water, clothing, shelter, uh, those are basic human physical needs. And the other is uh, communal spiritual needs that's visiting, praying for, ministering to. Those are the two uh, calls, commands, obligations Jesus gives us uh, that, uh, of things that we're supposed to do in preparation for His return. Uh, so I just want to share with you a little bit about who the least of these might be within our within our society, and you know we're gonna. Uh, my encouragement is that as the Lord puts convictions on your heart, explore those. So if you feel convicted about issues of human trafficking or or, or issue or other issues around the world, um, don't just neglect those. Uh, treat those as if Jesus is putting those on your heart and He's asking you to do something about them. But with regard to just a couple issues in our society, I know one that weighs on many of you is the issue of abortion. Uh, it's a terrible atrocity. There is more deaths annually by abortion than any other form of death uh, in, in the world. Abortion has killed more people than, uh, than any war in all of history combined. So uh, it's really just a, a painful truth that this, uh, this abomination, this atrocity exists in the world, that, that we have people killing the unborn. Uh, but let me, let me encourage you with this, is that as Christians, we can advocate for the unborn, right? James, he talks about true religion as this, is to care for the orphan and the widow. And I would say that the reason he listed those people is they were the most marginalized people within society. You know, they, they didn't have a voice. And let me tell you, the unborn, they really don't have a voice within our society. So uh, one of the most, the absolute most effective way to advocate for the unborn uh, and to, to combat abortion is to uh, support local pregnancy centers. And we have one in Grand Junction. It's a wonderful faith-based pregnancy center. 
Um, and the best thing that we can do is support those pregnancy centers, uh, come alongside women who are uh, wrestling with the idea of abortion and, and help them to realize that they are not alone, that the church, Christians will be alongside them, uh, caring for them and meeting their both physical and spiritual needs. Uh, another issue that is uh, incredibly important for Christians to be aware of is the imprisoned. You know, we have a terribly high prison population in Grand Junction. We also have an amazing prison ministry that goes on where people are being saved nearly daily in our massive jail here. Uh, and, and let me tell you, I, I know there's a number of beliefs, but I, but I think uh, a, a wonderful goal for us Christians is to not try to increase the size of our jail, but to minister to those who are in jails and bring them to the truth uh, of Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in Him. We also have Christians in, in uh, countries where Christianity is illegal who are in prison right now. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs has a list of, uh, I believe it's just 26 known Christians who are in prison for sharing the gospel. Uh, homelessness, the homeless are incredibly marginalized within our, within our community. Grand Junction in, in uh, 2019, Mesa County, had the second highest homeless population in Colorado. This is a massive problem in the Grand Valley. And you can see it as you go around, you see people sleeping out in the cold. And we can come to them and we can provide for their physical and spiritual needs. One that is so dear to my heart, an issue that I I hope to see uh, an end to in my lifetime is the abolition of slavery. Right now there are 40 million people in slavery. One in four of those uh, people who are slaves are children. To give you kind of a, a, a guide, 40 million is, the pop, is, is, almost the pop, is a little more than the population of the entire state of California. So imagine every person in California, and I know some of you have been to LA and it's crazy, every person in California was a slave. That's how many people we have in slavery. And the list goes on and on with regard to these issues. And I encourage you to, to continue to look at what are some people and, and organizations and places that I can advocate for and, and be a part of God's work in bringing justice and liberation to the poor. My final encouragement is this, is that we have hope. It can be so discouraging looking at some of these statistics and thinking that, oh, the world is doomed It's in such a terrible place. But let me tell you, we have an incredible hope of eternal life. It is both what spurs us on, encourages us to run with endurance this race before us. But it's also what we have to look forward to. Paul talks about in Romans 8, uh, that hope that is unseen is no hope at all. But if we hope for what we have not yet seen, we wait for it patiently. We We are waiting patiently for Christ's return waiting for Him to come and free us, to liberate us from the bondage of decay. And in that waiting, Christ has commanded us to care for the poor around us. So this is my encouragement to you as we go about this week uh, and doing uh, this work uh, of advocating and giving and uh, sharing uh, the love of Christ to the marginalized in the world. Uh, My encouragement to you is to just do it with an eternal mindset, keeping your eyes fixed on the kingdom of heaven and knowing that this is why that we do it, because our Savior 
uh, loves these people and he has commanded us to. You can find more resources for this service at nhgj.org. Email us your prayer requests to prayer at nh4gj.org. If you are a new follower of Jesus, we have a free resource for you called Following Jesus. To receive a copy, send a request to info at nh4gj.org. If you would like to partner with our ministry through giving, you can do that online at nhgj.org giving or by mail to 641 Horizon Drive, Grand Junction, Colorado, 81506. Thank you for being with us and may the Lord bless you.